Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm doing better than last night, bud. I'll tell you what. We tried to record this thing last night, and uh, it was it was not pretty. We're going to dedicate today's show to Mr. Jim Foster, Get Better, Old Man. I want to start the start it off with that and make sure we – Make sure we uh, kick it in. We we tried to get a little, get it in last night. It uh, it was a it was a no go, but we are ready to go. It's probably better that we do it today because mm-hmm. we know who won the second game of the World Series. Now it is Thursday instead of Wednesday, so by the time you hear this, the third game will already be going on or maybe even over. But we'll get into some World Series. We've of course got our Mount Rushmore of point guards that we have to uh, each throw out, which I, I have a feeling this one, we're going to have some different ones, at least one different. I do too. All right. Uh, NFL picks and then our comedy segment. So before we get started into all of this, let's do what we do best and uh, talk about the people that support us. Yes, sir. Training personally with Peggy Edwards uh, is the first one that we'd like to talk about. So no matter where you're at in your, in your physical journey, in your, uh, in your fitness journey, if you like to be challenged, you need to be challenged. Maybe you don't like to be challenged, but you need to be. You look at yourself in the mirror and figure out, look, I'm not getting to the gym. I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting on the couch all the time. I'm eating ice cream. I just described myself. Um, that was exactly right. But you, uh, but you know you need to get up and do something. You know you don't want your body just to deteriorate because you've been sitting around all the time. You just got to get to the gym. Get to the gym, and once you find the place you, you, you're, you fit in and you, you, you find the place that you feel good about, you're going to want to go back, and you're going to get in a rhythm. And then once you get there and you get in a rhythm and you go a couple of times, you really get a momentum going, and your, your whole life changes. You want to go check out Training Personally with Peggy Edwards. You get the benefit of working out with a personal trainer, but you don't pay what a personal trainer normally costs. It's, it's the tiny amount that you cost to basically to pay or to, to belong to a gym, but you don't have to just do a monthly membership where you're stuck there. If you don't want to, if you don't want to go anymore, you don't have to. It's not you can pay each time you go. There, all different kinds of options for payments, and it's it's very little cost anyway. Um, training personally is circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace on your time. Peggy Edwards, owner operator, certified personal trainer, keeps your workouts safe. She keeps them fresh. You're doing new stuff all the time. She keeps them fun. Everything's sanitary there. You're in your own space there. You're not going around in a circuit sharing stuff with everybody right now. It's very, very COVID friendly to go there. Um, You will not get sick if you go there. So go check it out. 3634 Budno Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. If you're anywhere near there, if you're within an hour, it's worth the drive to go to this gym and check it out. Um, Just, just pop in anytime. And, uh, Peggy will greet you, give you all the information you need to know about it. If you want to check it out before you go in, though, you can email Peggy at P-E-G-G-Y at trainingpersonally.com. Check out trainingpersonally.com, the website. She's on Facebook at Training Personally, or text or call her, 
513-328-0296. That's Peggy Edwards with training personally. 513-328-0296. Also brought to you by Green Solace. Uh, that's greensolace.com, G-R-E-E-N-E-S-O-L-A-C-E.com. Elizabeth Green is an experienced professional massage therapist. She provides you with a massage tailored to your needs, whether it's just to relax and unwind or you need a focused massage on your problem areas, she can take care of it. You got a bad back, she's going to rub, rub your back down. I keep wanting to say she's going to rub it out for you, like get the pain out, but that just sounds so terrible. That's not exactly how it's going to go. Anyway. Um, Great place, man. If you want to get a massage and you want to go to a professional masseuse, she's your girl. If you're in the Cincinnati area, you can go online to greensolace.com. You can book everything online. You don't have to make any phone calls. You don't have to go anywhere if you don't want to. But if you do want to, um, if you do like the, the, the personal touch instead of the online, you can call her 513-702-4178. Um, set it up. She's uh, in Cleves, Ohio, not far uh, from, from uh, any major highway here in, the Ohio, in Cincinnati. You can check it out and get yourself taken care of. Listen, one of, maybe my favorite thing about this podcast each week now is becoming more and more your discomfort with reading that <laughs> um, because you're never uncomfortable about anything, but you are <laughs> uncomfortable about this. Here's the problem. Here's love it. Here's why I'm uncomfortable. It's my buddy's wife, right? So, like, if any other massage therapy place were deciding that they would want to do a bit on this podcast, they would understand, if I was reading it, that we're going to have an issue, and I'm going to say all kinds of really funny stuff about rubbing tugs and this, that, and the other. But it's so hard because I, I, I love Liz. I love my boy BT. And... <laughs> And, and I, I don't want to do them wrong. So I try to keep it real. Of course, I'm sure they get a kick out of it, and they're probably laughing at me too, but eh, it is what it is. Let me tell you something. If, if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, and you're a person that's kind of weird about, about massages and you've never had one, and you don't like people touching you, I am that person. I don't like people touching me. I was always afraid to get one. Years ago, somebody talked me into it. I tried it. It was a great experience. And I went several more times after that. It's been a long time since I've had a massage, but I went several times after that. And it was great. I mean, it's, you go to a professional place, you don't go to a hole in the wall that has no sign or something like that. That's not what you want. This Green Solace is, is a completely solid legitimate business that you will, you will have no, you go, you go there, check it out. You will have no problem. And if, like I said, if you're like me, you're a person that's a little weirded out, you don't like the people touching you, give it a chance. Understand that this is not what you see in the movies or hear about in jokes or anything like that. It's not that. This is, this is, this is massage therapy. It's, it's, it's not a weird thing. It's, it's massage I believe therapy. It's, in the same it's very good for you. I believe it's in the same building as an architect. An architect. Not an architect. Oh. Hey chiropractor so okay. you know the chiropractors hand in hand right they'll be like yo go check out uh, uh the green sauce you know so that's that's the that's the that's the whole deal 
that's exactly what I did when I went and got a massage. It was like a, it was like a joint kind of business. I'm not sure that's what this is, but I'm, but it was like a, a thing together though. And, and, and I, I saw the chiropractor first and I went right over to the massage rooms and, and got a massage. And it was, you know, it's, it, there, it's a doctor prescribing, basically prescribing you medicine, which is a massage. That's it's, exactly. It's, so, so go check it out. Give it a chance. I promise it's not going to be as weird as you think. If you were, if you are like how I used to be, yeah. it's totally good. I'm very ticklish, man. I am so, so am I. So ticklish, yeah. so ticklish. I'm so ticklish that people don't even have to tickle me. I, people can just walk up behind me and I start giggling and like scooching away, like, oh my God. Yeah. Don't Skin crawls. Dude, yeah. I, I could never get a foot massage. I can tell you that. If I have a problem area and it's my foot, nope. Can't nope. Get a mas massage is not on the table as far as treatment goes. No. Not, I, not cut, cut my foot off before you give me a foot massage because it's just a tickle job. It's exactly right. You better be squeezing as hard as you can and no like yeah. gently getting to it. I mean, grab my foot and just start squeezing as you hard as to, you can. That's the yeah. only way that would. Yes. You have to exactly hurt. Me. Right. And I might even laugh a little bit while you're hurting me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, that being said, laugh a little bit while you hurt me. Clayton Kershaw, game one, World Series. Can we, can we say that that's probably the biggest story of the World Series so far? Yeah, Clayton Kershaw kind of uh, kind of shedding a little bit of that of that old stigma that he's not a good postseason pitcher. Sure. Yes. Could you imagine if if Clayton Kershaw never didn't pitch against the Astros in the one World Series that he was in the the World Series where the Astros cheated and didn't swing at a single curveball because they knew they were coming and blasted beat the brakes off of him? Could you imagine that? It'd be, yeah. We'd be talking about Clayton Kershaw as one of the greatest of all time. The best, the best curveball in the game, probably, and they didn't swing yeah. at him. Yep. Um, yeah, now, now, in fairness, Clayton Kershaw has had enough other not great or not up to Clayton Kershaw standard games that he's pitched in the playoffs before and after that that kind of, you know, didn't do him any favors either. But he did – you know, he has had other good games. I think people still have that in their mind that he's not – he just freezes up or he or he just blows it in, bad, in big situations or whatever. And that's really not the case completely. Not true at all. The guy has two – over 200 – no. Is it – I was going to say 200 career strikeouts in the postseason. I don't know if that's correct or not. But he has – I think it is. Uh, sure, it's probably more than that. He, ha he is second all time in strikeouts in Major League Baseball in the postseason. If you're not that great of a postseason pitcher, you're probably not getting deep into games enough to where you're going to be able to be second all time. And he's going to, pat, he's going to uh, become number one in this series. Oh, is he? He's close enough. Yeah, he's, he's, pretty, wow. he's really, really close. I think he's within like eight or something like that. Nice. Um, so yeah, it, it is like Clayton Kershaw is, he's had bad luck with injuries too so much. And you would, we would be talking about him as yeah. one of the greatest of all time. And we still may by the end of his career. Um, but he does have that thing about the postseason, And so I, I was happy to see that he had a great start. He pitched very well in game one and, and the Dodgers won that game and then move on to game two and uh, Blake Snell. They're, I mean, the, the Rays really have like three aces, but 
Uh, Blake Snell's isn't he a former Cy Young winner? Yeah, yeah, he I just won this year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So Blake Snell was fantastic. He's the third pitcher, third pitcher to ever have uh, at least two strikeouts in four consecutive innings. And I forget is either in, in a World Series game or a postseason game. Might be a postseason game. Uh, Bob Gibson was one, and the other one was somebody. Another, I forget, you know, Owen Ryan, Tom, Tom Seaver, yeah, somebody like an all-time, you know, mm-hmm. elite, elite pitcher. So, uh, a pretty, pretty cool stat there. So he was really good, and the Rays won game two. So tied one-one as we're talking about it right now, and uh, you have an even better, as good as those pitchers were in those first two games, you have Walker Bueller and Charlie Morton going in game three. I'm just as excited about that matchup as any. Uh, so it, it, this is just the best. I mean, the postseason period, but then you get to the end, to the World Series, and you have the two teams playing the best baseball at that time. The, the, be- the two best records in baseball are playing. That's yeah. what I love. I love that. Expand the world. Expand. I love that, especially during expanded playoffs. Because I feel like that's more of a reason not to continue to keep expanding the playoffs. Like, it's not doing anything. You're not getting some Cinderella in the, in the World Series. And I don't think that's exactly what they want. It's obviously a money grab and things like that. And you want, you want people to have runs, but you don't necessarily want them in the World Series. Whereas, this is what, I'm, this is what we're here for, man. We're here for the two best teams. Let's get it. Let's get it on. And you've got the best, maybe one of the top three best pitching teams in all of baseball in Tampa Bay and the best offensive team in all of baseball in LA. And it's been back and forth so far. So I love it. You know, it's been, it's been fun to watch. I'm ex- the, the Rays offense came alive in game two. They've got a few guys that were hitting uh, under the Mendoza line and, and uh, they came, they all came out. They all came out. I think every person on that team, I feel like had an RBI in that game. But uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. The rest of the series is going to be is going to be a lot of fun. We've got uh, game three Thursday, game four Friday, game five Saturday. Right? It's two three two. Game three two, tomorrow, three, three, three. which is Friday. Um, right. we're recording this on Thursday. Yeah, oh, that's, I don't even know what I don't even know what day it is anymore. Game I'm four sorry. on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So long. All right, that's so uh, that sounds good. <clears throat> that being said. We've got a lot more fun to come with that. So by the time we come back on to the air on Wednesday, <clears throat> one of us might be having to talk about how we're going to be doing a, uh, uh, a, a comedy set. We won't have to do it that week. We'll get an extra week after that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. If, the game, if the last game is on the night of the podcast. We need to talk about this. It'll be the week after. If the last game of the World Series is on Thursday, then we'll get two weeks because we'll have a podcast to talk about it. Oh, okay. I feel like we need a podcast to talk about it. So maybe if it, if it ends on Tuesday, then we'll, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. Comedy's the next week. If it ends on Thursday, that's the day after we do the podcast. We'll talk about it that next Wednesday, and then the – the week after that, we'll do it. I feel like that's fair. I feel like we need a week to talk about it after whatever happens, happens. Okay. And to be honest, I have no idea 
how either of us have, are going to have to do it. I know that – I believe that if L.A. wins the World Series, I have to do a minute of stand-up comedy. No, no, no uh, fans, no crowd, no nothing. And But if they lose because you're down two minutes, because you're down a minute, do you have to do a minute then? So if nothing else, oh wait, no, we still have, we still have uh, MVPs and all that stuff still though, don't we? Correct. So, so we've got, on, yeah, based on what we're expecting the MVPs and Cy Youngs to look like, we kind of were decided that, yeah, if the Dod, because I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series. So yes, I owe a minute right now because of all the NBA playoff series. Um, so if the Dodgers win, that's two minutes. We said two minutes for the baseball stuff. Right. So two minutes, that goes back to one, one minute to you. Here's the deal. If they, if they lose, then I still owe a minute. Okay. If you, if you have no idea what we're talking about, which most, most of you probably won't, that's okay. You can go back and listen to former podcasts to where we talk about all this stuff. Uh, but it's a revolving door. If you're not listening to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast every week, then you need to start so you can be in on all the good stuff that we got going on here, especially silly bets. We have two crazy bets going down right now. One is Adam Schmidt having, or me, having to do one minute of stand-up comedy live during the podcast, no crowd reaction. The other person's on mute. So difficult, uh, so terrible to have to do. And number two, we may possibly get to hear the golden pipes of Mr. Andre Edwards. I hope so. I, I hope he comes in last in that one. I hope you win. I need you to win. We need you to win. And then it, the tiebreaker between me and, and Andre go to me. So, so we, can, uh, we can get his pipes. That's what needs to happen. I've never rooted for you harder in my life. <laughs> <clears throat> I appreciate it. Let me ask you this, though. We got to determine, so... If, we, if one of us do predict either the MVP or the Cy Young in either league, is that did – we, did we decide two minutes for each correct answer? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. That sounds even more Let's fun. Because I'll Let's tell start, you – There's chances. I mean, there's a couple chances out there. You've got a couple chances to get, like, the Cy Young, the MVP, and the Dodgers winning. I, I, feel, I feel like I might have a chance on one of the MVPs. Because I had Acuna and Trout. I think it's going to be Freeman, and I'm not positive in the American League, but, you know, the Angels were terrible, so that's mm. not going to help. But, um, and you had Bryce Harper and, and, and uh, Judge, too. So, um, and you had Kershaw and Garrett Cole. I had DeGrom and Cole. I don't know if either one of those – actually, Garrett Cole, the way he pitched, especially at the end of the season, he might have a chance. Yeah. Um, but Cole doesn't do either of us any good. Right, because we both picked him. And negates it, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, so two minutes on, that, on that on that note, on that note, we've got a new segment here in the Nosebleed Sports Podcast that we're going to be doing every week, and it's the Mount Rushmore segment. We are going to do the Mount Rushmore of something. Last week, it was the Mount Rushmore started of of pitchers. Ended up starting pitching, but of pitchers. This week is the Mount Rushmore point guards. It may not be a sports uh, a deal every single week, 
So stay tuned. There could be many, many more fun ones down the road. I'm in charge of next week's. We'll find out later on in this segment what I have chosen, even though I think everybody knows because we've been talking about it like crazy. Uh, so let's get started with this week's uh, Mount Rushmore. And Adam, I think I made you start last week. I'm going to start this week because I'm not going to get into a ton of stats. <clears throat> There's only a couple little stat things that I've, I've even got uh, in front of me to bring up. But the, the, the point guard position in my eyes has uh, – I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys. I have eight guys written down, uh, and I have nine and ten down the bottom that are like, oh, dude, I could – like, yeah, they probably deserve to be in the conversation. So the two I took out at the bottom are Chris Paul and Gary Payton. Last week I said the thing that's going to be the most important to me is assist-to-turnover ratio. Chris Paul, highest all-time assist-to-turnover ratio at 4.1. Assist-to-turnover game. So that's ridiculous. Um, however, number two all-time – is Mr. John Stockton. And John Stockton, I am putting on my, on my uh, Mount Rushmore. I, I'm going to tell you, I really didn't want to just because I thought it would be fun to have this conversation without him. But as I started digging into these stats, uh, it was in 10 and a half assists per game. He, so he's got, of my, of my guys I got on here, he is second in assists per game on this list. And he's second and assist the turnover ratio on this list. That, to me, puts him at number one. It's hard for me to say that, but I actually am going to flip-flop who I would have had at number one, which was Magic Johnson. I'm putting Stockton as reluctant as I am to do this because I know the fans of the podcast that love the uh, Adam, Chris, John Stockton jokes that go down. I hate to do it. I'm putting John Stockton one after going through the statistics of what this man has done. Two, I've got Mr. Magic Johnson <clears throat> still really close to, to where those guys are. He's at 2.89 assists per assist to turnover ratio, 11.2 assists per game average for his career. That's insane. Number one, highest on the list. Nobody can touch him. Mm -hmm. So Irvin, Magic Johnson, I have number two. Uh, Number three might be where I think we are going to – one of the things we're going to differ on. I think three and four we may have a little – we may go back and forth. Okay. Number three, I'm going to go with a player who is still playing the game. Hold on. Sorry. Let me, let me present this to you. We can, we can totally knock this off. I can just tell you right now that I have Stockton and Magic on mine as well. So we okay. can just establish – Magic and Stockton, no doubters, one and two. I love it. Now the conversation is just about these last two. Uh, perfect. I think that's perfect. Perfect. All right. So I'm going with somebody who's, who is currently playing at this time. And I'm putting Stephen Curry on this list. And Steph Curry is only on this list because of the way he scores as a point guard. No point guard has ever scored like Steph Curry has scored. He has changed. He single-handedly changed the way NBA, the NBA is played by the way that the, the prolific way he made threes in games. It was already getting that way, but the, the threes he takes, Dame Lillard does it now. 
Uh, uh, you got Trey, Trey Young throws up shots like that. These guys throwing up three-quarter court – or three-quarter court – quarter-court shots. You know what I mean? From the NBA logo just in front of half court. And it's just a jumper for him. He to, – to be somebody who can, can be at the top of when things happen, right? So the big man comes in and you've got Wilt and Russell, right? And, and that's – you're there. They changed the way basketball is played for 30 years. It ran through the big man inside. You had to have a dominant big man. Maybe not 30 years, but yeah, maybe 30 years. And then it changed to Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, the slashing shooting guards that were the, the, what you had to have on your team. And now you have to have either a shooting guard or a point guard who can shoot from anywhere on the court at any point in time. And Steph Curry has made that happen. Now the Lakers just won an NBA championship not having that, but they also have LeBron James, so that he's the greatest player of all time. So that that goes uh, that is what it is. So uh, Steph Curry, I have his number three. So I don't know. Do I let you give a number three now, or do we do we have a conversation? Do you should I just find out? Do we just find out if you even have Steph on it? I. You know, if you if you're still debating between your like somebody three and four, which I know you are four and five, then you don't have to answer that question. I'll go to my number five. Do you number well, you yeah, or number four? My number four, because I have not determined who my number four is at all yet. Oh. I'll tell you who I'm picking between. Okay, I've got Bob Cousy, I've got Oscar Robinson, Robertson, I've got Isaiah Thomas. Steve Nash and Jason Kidd. I love Chris Paul. And now I'm starting to think I want to put Chris Paul up there. 9.9 assists per game, four point. No, I'm leaving him out. I already said I'm leaving him out. All right. So here's what I'm doing. Oh my gosh. This is so difficult. Can I jump in here and, and tell you that every guy you just named that are, that are, that's in contention for that are the guys that I have listed on my believe that i mean i feel like there's there's i mean once you get past like into that gary payton and walt frazier you know that's that's a whole nother tier right like that's not i don't even consider that i feel like there's nine guys and that's what you got to choose from yeah i do have nine guys and and i the only difference is i do have chris paul in that no i have chris paul i'm saying chris paul in that nine yeah. I added Gary Payton on when I saw what his assist to turnover ratio was. So I added him at the bottom to give me a 10th. Mm-hmm. But Gary Payton and Walt Frazier are on a – they're up there. They're great. But I put them just a step below, like, the from Chris Paul up. So this is tough. Bob Cousy being an old-school cat, you know, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they scored as prolifically as they do now back then. I don't know what the average score games were. So maybe the seven-and-a-half assists – he had per game were unbelievable back then, but, but it's hard to throw him in when I myself got to watch the rest of these guys play. Uh, and the more I look at Jason Kidd from a point guard perspective, 8.7 assists a game. Uh, uh, he's the only one besides Chris Paul and John Stockton above three on assist to turnover ratio, which if you are at three for a season, like if you're, if your assist turnover ratio is three for a season, 
you are considered you're considered to have you're you're an all star you're you're an all star easily at the point guard position. That's incredibly hard to do. Mm-hmm. You have the ball in your hand way too much. So I am fighting like crazy between Steve Nash, who's at two point eight one, eight point five assists per game, and and Jason Kidd. Um, I really thought Oscar. I'd probably put Oscar in there, especially the way being a Cincinnati guy. Uh, but the problem is, is he's a UC guy, uh, and and I'm sorry, I'm I'm knocking him off, even though he's probably one of the. You could put him on the Mount Rushmore of of players, of all time players, if you really wanted to make a case for him. You know what? Screw it. That's what I'm doing. I'm going Oscar. Changed my mind. This is what this is what the nosebleeds does to me. I'm going John Stockton, Steph, uh, Magic Johnson, Steph Curry, Oscar Robinson. Robertson. I keep saying Robinson. All right, I'm done. I have, I have officially, I officially talked my way through it. I've been looking at this for four days now, trying to figure out what my best option was going to be, and I decided yesterday before we came on air, tried to come, we started to come on air. I was like. That's it. I'm just going to figure it out while I'm on the podcast. That's what I do best. <laughs> you do, you do do that well. Um, but that's, that, that's the beautiful thing about you. You can think on your feet. I can't, I have to pour over it and, and spend a bunch of time on basketball reference. And uh, just, I, 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 you know, I lose sleep over it, <laughs> but I have almost the same. So I went ahead and put Oscar in. Okay. I put Oscar in and I put Jason Kidd in. I have so my my four you went with Jason Magic, Kidd over Steve Nash? Stockton, Magic, Jason Kidd, and Oscar Robertson. Wow. I have I can put Steve Nash or Steph Curry in instead of either Jason Kidd or Oscar Robertson with no problem at all. I'd be fine with it. Totally fine with it. And, and those are the I think those are the guys. And then I think Chris Paul and Isaiah Thomas and Bob Cousy, although I think I'd probably put Bob Cousy ahead of those three. I would probably put Cousy first. Um, I would put him behind only because I don't know how good he was. So I feel like I feel like I just have old cats and 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 you know what little bit you have on the internet to say, okay, it's Bob Cousy. You know Bob Cousy was the greatest point guard back in the day. You gotta throw him on there. Yeah. Um I, just looking at, I, I, I don't know, just looking at kind of like top level things, um, you know, he, he has better numbers than Chris Paul as far as like averages, I, I should say. Um, Chris Paul shoot, shot a better percentage. Now they didn't have the three point shot when Bob Cousy played. Um, Chris Paul is a better shooter by percentage. That's uh, even that, but that, that says even more to me. And they're actually they're actually very Chris Chris Paul is forced to shoot from further back. Well, he's not forced to. I mean, he's made a pretty good living on shooting mid-range jumpers. He's he's his best game is mid-range. But he also he also shoots the three pretty well. You think how many shots do you think Bob Cousy took that would have been behind the three-point line? Yeah, I I have no idea on that. No idea. Chris Paul's a 37% three-point shooter for his career, and that's not that's not bad. Um, but he shoots, he shoots 87% from the free throw line, which is outstanding and 47% from the field. Um, 
So, I mean, I mean, he, and that's why he shoots 47% from the field because number one, he's very crafty. He's a very smart player and he, he knows he uses uh, angles and hesitations and uses his body well and stuff like that. And he makes mid-range jumpers and can score around the basket. Not that that's what he does a lot, but he can um, because he's so smart. Bob Cousy, I think, scored a lot. And, and, you know, he had Bill Russell on his team, who's one of the greatest ever, probably the greatest defensive player ever. Uh, but he – so I guess he, he – I think he had to score because Bill Russell wasn't a big-time scorer. Um, he scored because he was a good – a very good player. But Cousy, I think, was probably the better scorer. Um, and he was a very small guy. Bob Cousy was 6'1", 175. Um, and as a matter of fact, Chris Paul is six one one seventy five. Yeah, Bob Cousy are almost identical. I feel like Chris Paul though is smaller in his generation than Bob Cousy would have been in his generation. Probably, probably. So Chris Paul is ten time all. Let's see. Well, first of all, he Chris Paul has played. Uh, why doesn't it say? Uh, so he's played before 15, no, so f- 15 seasons. He's played 15 seasons. Uh, Bob Cousy. So that's part of it, too, is you got to look at how many games these guys played and how many seasons they played. Bob Cousy played, come on, computer, 924 games in 14 seasons. <clears throat> so actually, Chris Paul has already played more. Uh, more basketball than Bob Cousy has. Um, Bob Cousy was a 13-time – so in, in 14 seasons, Bob Cousy was a 13-time All-Star, um, six-time champ. He was the MVP one year. He was a 12-time All-NBA player, eight-time assist champ. So are we trying to figure out – what are we trying to figure out now? Who's five and six or what, are we, what, what, is, what is this for? No, we just given a, a history lesson. I, I think we just, yeah, I think we just started talking about that next year because I think we agree that Stockton Magic, Jason Kidd, Oscar Robertson, Steve Nash, and Steph Curry are the six. Sure. Right? Yeah. So you're trying to, we're trying to sort out the bottom three. The next so three. Yeah. Okay. Because we have the same but, next three. We have the right. same nine you're guys. Koozie, you're going Koozie, Paul, Isaiah, or Koozie, Isaiah, Paul? I am going to quickly take a look at what at, at Isaiah's numbers in comparison. Pretty similar amount of games actually to those other guys. Um, he played, yeah. Uh, really pretty, a pretty, another pretty similar. He didn't yeah. shoot the three well, but Isaiah played like when the three pointer came into the league. Pretty much, the three pointer was very young in the league, and obviously. You know, the the further along we go, like this generation now is the most prolific three point shooting generation by far. Thank you, Steph Curry, like you yep. mentioned before. Um, but shooting percentage, pretty good because Isaiah was another really good, another almost the exact same. They're he's listed at six one one eighty, almost <laughs> exactly the same size. Uh, shot seventy six percent from the free throw line, so they were all in the mid 70s to low 80s or actually mid mid 70s mid 80s um and isaiah shot 20 isaiah wasn't a great three-point shooter but um effective field goal percentage is 46.5 that weighs in 
So 46.5 for Isaiah. And this is super boring for everybody. 52 for Chris Paul, effective field goal percentage. And Bob Cousy, they don't have an effective field goal percentage for him. But that's supposed to take into account like three-pointers, I think. Three-pointers and, and free throws and all that kind of stuff. So they don't have one for Bob Cousy because the three-point line wasn't there. Isaiah, let's see, 12-time All-Star. He pl I think he only played 12 years, didn't he? He played 13 years, I believe. 12-time All-Star, two-time champion. Exactly the same as Bob Cousy. What's that? Exactly the same as Bob Cousy. Yeah, Cousy, I think, was a 13-time All-Star. No, he's 13 years, 12-time, I thought you said. I think he played, 14, he played 14 years, 13-time All-Star. Oh, my bad. All right, so they both only had one year where they weren't. Right. Um, let's see, five-time All-NBA. He was the assist champ one time, Isaiah was. That's the thing that, that get, when I think point guards, I automatically think assist because I, th I think uh, I want a point guard to be a distributor first. Well, I looked at. Yeah, and, and, but that's the thing. Like, if you throw Steph Curry in there, that's not necessarily – he's not – his assist numbers aren't going to be – not even close. Aren't going to be there. But he affects the game in – he impacts the game in just as great or a greater way than any of those other guys with his ability to shoot the basketball and to make defenses play play a certain way because they have to they have to guard him a different way than they have to guard these guys who, who distribute the ball well and, and run offenses well and get guys involved and generate points for their team, not necessarily for themselves. But Steph, like I said, it impacts the game as much or more. So I, I'm, that's why it's a little hard for me to, to call Steph Curry. That's why uh, some of these lists that I was looking at, very few of them, but a couple of them put um, uh, Allen Iverson in their top point guards. I don't think of Allen Iverson as a point guard necessarily. He was a scorer, like number one, a scorer. Yeah. So it's tough. Some of these guys, it, it's kind of hard to. I put LeBron James on this list. No, and that's that's the other thing though is is LeBron, LeBron James is, I think he's top ten already, in assists, all time assists. Yeah. Um. He he led the league in assists per game this year. So he and he, you know, he's always been a guy who he's averaged eight assists a game for his career. Steph Curry averages six point six assists per game for his career. Chris Paul is at nine point five, so just a little bit ahead of uh, of I'm sorry of uh, LeBron James. I don't know how LeBron James' name escapes me for a second. Um, I don't know either. That name never leaves my mouth. But he. <laughs> Uh, here's an so I think so I think LeBron James has more or has a higher career assists per game than Jason Kidd and Jason Kidd was he turned himself into an okay scorer and actually a decent three point shooter late in his career but he was like a prototypical point guard and he was a big point guard too he wasn't these he wasn't CP3 or Isaiah or, or Kuzi or Nash or Steph those guys are all small guards or Stockton magic was a really big guard Jason Kidd was a big guard Oscar was a big guard and that's the thing that made Jason Kidd I think put Jason Kidd on that list for me because he's similar to Stockton in that he was pass first 
And he was also a great defensive player. Jason Kidd was a nine-time all-defensive team player. Um, let's see. He led six-time All-NBA, five-time assist champ, and nine-time all-defensive player. So he's got both things for me um, for, that I want in a point guard, a tough, really tough-minded guy, very, very intelligent basketball IQ. So he is the most similar, I think, to John Stockton. Favorite look on Jason Kidd, hair or no hair? No hair. I'm a, I'm a bald Jason Kidd guy. I mean, that era of Jason like Kidd a, was the best, but he looked, he looked way better with hair. I disagree because he did that really bad blonde dye job for a while. I don't um, count. Just the little flat top that he had coming out of college. Okay, that one wasn't bad. You're right. Yeah. California yeah. Jason Kidd was not bad uh, yeah. with his hair. Some of those, man, when he was in Phoenix, ah, gee, I, some of those haircuts were just not so good. But uh, I, like, I like a bald kid, I guess you could say. Um, a bald Jason kid, let me make sure I don't mess that oh, up. Oh, so good. That is so good. I wish we could clip that, cut it, earmark it, and have a little button that every once in a while just be like, Adam Schmidt. I love a bald Jason. I love a bald kid. Love a bald kid. I love a bald kid. I love a. I love a. I love a. I love a. I love a bald, 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 bald kid. <laughs> we can make that happen. Um, Jason Kidd was also I, a great rebounder. Great. I, I love a point guard that goes in and rebounds. As a matter of fact, Steph Curry, while not known for rebounding in the NBA, was actually a really good rebounder in college. I think he led his freshman year. I'm pretty sure he led Davidson in rebounding. Um, or was second on the, on the team. Wow. He was even smaller than he is now, like in frame. He was a little tiny, skinny kid. I'm sure you remember him. Everybody remembers that huge, I think when he was a sophomore, I want to say. Um, yeah. When they made the run. NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Jason Kidd reminds me of Stockton in, in the way that he, that he was a really tough defender and a pass first, get everybody involved, run the break. Uh, his vision was just unparalleled. He's, he's one of those guys, you know, Jason Kidd, you can put him there with Magic and with Jason Williams and Pistol Pete. And even Bob Cousy was kind of that way, kind of one of the first guys to do it then too. The guys that would make no-look passes and see guys behind them that you, there's no way they could see them. And just, I mean, really fun to watch just past the basketball. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so I have so that be Magic Kid and Oscar and Magic, Steph and Oscar, right? And I have no and I have no argument against Steph. And like we said, I, I'm just so excited. To be, we agreed on the top six, whether it's whether we had the top four or not. We have the top six exactly, and the, I think great minds think alike. I agree. Or bad think, minds think alike too, I guess. Can you hear me? I think I agree with you, but you're you're you keep pausing and then your mouth moves really fast. Oh, no, I. Oh, didn't. we're good. Cool. I can I hear you. I didn't hear you say anything. Okay, no, we're back on time. All <laughs> right, I'm good. I can't see you. I can't see you, but oh, there you go. There you are. I love this. This is this is uh, this is the new age of podcasting here. Uh, we're on the Zoom call, recording it for YouTube, and that was the weirdest thing that's ever happened in my life. Uh, your mouth just 
you you looked and sounded like the micro man, micro machine man. Ooh. You were like Twista back in the back in the early two thousands. It's pretty funny. Anyway, all right. So, so every word you just said. So we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I get, get me any more stats. Do you have any more stats that you want to read out? Do you have a war or a field goal percentage to turnover ratio or an FLTS percentage or anything like that that you want to read off for all nine guys so we can do exactly what you've been doing for the last week? Let's see. Oh, we might hold on. We might have something. Are you there? Hmm. This isn't looking good. Oh, 